Welcome friends. I'm Sarah Ann Stewart, and this is the Awesome Inside Out Podcast. Now, I'm not sure how you ended up here today, but I want to welcome you with open arms. Because while our paths may be different, I'm going to take a wild guess that we share one common desire to have a deeply fulfilling, extraordinary life. And we both know that that life starts inside of you. If you want to say goodbye to anxiety, frustration, and negative self-talk, and say hello to peace, mindfulness, gratitude, and living your best life, you've come to the right place. In each episode, we're going to dive deep into mindset shifts that give you the power to decide how you feel, not the media, not social conditioning, and not your past. Then you'll discover how to use this inspiration and this new sense of confidence to be the best you, the you that you are meant to be. So get ready. It's time to feel incredible from the inside out. Hello and welcome. Thanks for tuning in to another interview episode on the Awesome Inside Out podcast. As always, I'm honored and grateful to share this space and this time with you. And so if you enjoy this conversation, the absolute best way that you can always support is by sharing it on social media and with the people that you love most. It would mean the world to me for others to have access to this powerful content. So thank you so much in advance. Also, make sure to stay till the end as I'm going to offer some fun takeaways and a challenge this week to upgrade your health, your well-being, and your life. So today, I'm excited to break down some common misconceptions about beauty, self-care, and our body's innate relationship with nature with today's guest. I'm excited for this conversation because for over 10 years, I worked in the fashion industry, and during that time, I saw firsthand the consequences that toxic makeup, beauty products, and even plastic surgery can have on our health. And although I grew up with parents who understood the importance of holistic healing, I stepped away from my roots and what I had learned as a teen when I left home at the age of 15 to pursue a modeling career and was influenced by both cultural and media standards. But over time, I have returned to the belief that beauty is found in the most simple pleasures, time spent meditating on the beach, hiking through the woods, or doing breathwork with community. And that's why I'm so excited for today's special guest, the legendary Nadine Artemis, a strong believer in the simple art of doing less to achieve beauty, health, happiness from the inside out. For the past 25 years, she has been an innovative aromacologist studying the effects of the scent on the mind, body, and spirit. She is also the author of two books, Renegade Beauty and Holistic Dental Care. She's also the creator of Living Libations, a luxury line of organic, wildcrafted, non-GMO serums, immune-enhancing formulas, medicinal blends, and essential oils for those seeking the purest beauty products on the planet. These healing creations, along with her concept of renegade beauty, encourages effortless and inspires us to rethink conventional notions and traditions of beauty and wellness. She has received glowing reviews for her work in The Hollywood Reporter, Goop, Vogue, People L, Yoga Journal, just to name a few. If you're ready to evaluate your current relationship to nature, the sun, scents, your self-care practices, I'm so excited for you to join us for this powerful conversation now. Nadine, welcome to the show. I am so excited and looking forward to this conversation for quite some time now. (laughs) Me too. 
Thank you for being here. I think I've been so excited specifically because for so many years I worked in the fashion industry, I think for almost almost a decade, and I really saw the consequences of what toxic makeup, beauty products, and even for myself, plastic surgery had on my body. And although I grew up with parents who really understood the importance of holistic health and well-being, and we were growing gardens in the back of, you know, my subdivision lawn, I really stepped away from my roots and what I had learned um, because of this cultural and media conditioning. Then pretty much the minute I moved out, when I moved to Chicago when I was 15 years old. So as the best-selling author of two books and you know, as an aromacologist and the founder of Living Libations, I would love to just hear a little bit about your journey to creating such a massive movement around clean beauty, self-care, and holistic dental care. Oh, yeah. It's such a vast subject. And yes. I was just thinking when you were talking about your story, like, don't we all rebel, rebel mm-hmm. against uh, what our parents are teaching us. Totally. I was like, this isn't what other people are doing. So why should I be so care, like so careful? And why should I take this extra effort? Because back then, you know, it, it really was that extra effort. And now luckily, you know, we have a lot yeah, of that look at it easily. But that is one thing I think as a parent of my son, and I'm like, you know, how do we get him? So he's like, into this sh- stuff, but not having the rebe- rebel side, you know, because I feel like, we're here because I was rebelling. So if mm-hmm. you just take all this goodness and then rebel back, we're not progressing. Right. <laughs> but, right. But um, yeah, I just really like as I when I was growing up, I was fully into like I love playing. Like that, you know, I feel like the moment I turned thirteen, it all of a sudden it just seemed like my bathroom got filled with bottles of perfumes and hand-me-downs from like my mother and sister. And I would like mix the perfumes. I take eyeshadow, mix it with lipstick and do all kinds of crazy concocting, but out of just the stuff that was in the bathroom. Then at, in grade nine, we had a chance to do a science fair project and pick our own subject. So I dove into perfumes and I found a book on, on making them and it went into the history and beautiful history with Egypt and how they were distilled and that there were these things called essential oils. That, 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 I mean, that there are distilled plants, which now are called essential oils, and you could find them at a health food store type of thing. So we found them. I recreated Lair de Temps and, you know, just sort of just had a normal teenage life with a lot of bottles of products and then finding greener stuff. And that seemed exciting. But by the time I was 18, I got to university and, um, you know, I just happened to be skipping school one day and I saw Lisa Benet was on a show and she was really highlighting the connections between food and environment and pesticides and health and in ways that were not at all a conversation at that time, that food was connected to health was kind of revolutionary, even though it's like, what else is it connected to? It's like the only thing it's connected to anyway. Um, so it just made me all like all of a sudden I was like really looking at food and it was, you know, already living on my own in university, which is a time when, you know, you're not getting sort of fed by your parents anymore so um, it was revolutionary, and I also lived near a little health food store. So these things were kind of colliding and coalescing. And um, I really just started, it was like about a month period, but I really understood what I was eating. From that moment forward, I never eat processed food again. I got organic. You know, I started making cashew milk and sourdough bread. And um, 
then I just sort of like turned to the beauty products and what I thought was an environmental brand at the time, which was the body shop. I just realized it was total BS and it was just another petroleum promised land with like prettier pictures of lavender and that, you know, there was no cucumber in the face toner. The pineapple face wash never saw a pineapple. There are no plants called dewberry, you know? Mm -hmm. So that was a real awakening, but I had this inclination anyway. So it was kind of like a really amazing excuse to go, oh my God, I'm just going to make my own stuff. So I started concocting and making lip balms and perfumes and things called waitress legs, which were helping my like us waitressing waitresses with spider veins and things like that. So that was so fun. And as I was diving into research too, I would read about uh, or see recipes, ancient recipes or different things with different plant extracts or that I couldn't, I didn't know where to get. Mm. And so then that opened up a whole thing where I started to import essential oils into Canada and then, you know, creating relationships with different distillers and just seeing that there was such a, a level of quality. Like once you've hit pure, then there's like quality, you know, kind of like mm -hmm. wine, like mm -hmm. you can have real wine and then you can have all those nuances of the artisanal distillations and all that kind of stuff. So that was amazing. And then I was just, you know, concocting and it was a really fun side business I had going on. And then by the time I graduated university, um, within six, my idea was to open up like really a, a full concept store, which I didn't think existed at the time, with truly natural offerings, creating a perfume blending bar or a place where we could blend like little remedies and that kind of thing. And so, yeah, six months after graduating, I opened up North America's first full concept aromatherapy store. Wow. In 1992. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. What I, what I would have loved to have that when I was growing up, because I was, <laughs> I was just having to go to literally my mom would like send me with a sticky note to the farm, <laughs> farm <laughs> store and be like, go grab our almond milk or grab whatever it was that we were, we were needing for the day. Um, well, your mom even knew about almond milk, so that's kind of yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It sh and she would actually take the almond milk and put it into the milk cartons so that the other kids wouldn't make fun of us. Oh, my God. Us. Oh, that's cute. That's <laughs> so sweet. She was doing things to, like, not have it be, um, I guess, too traumatizing yes. as a child. But um, but it was, yeah, it, it was quite quite funny and quite humorous when I was diving more into your story it was interesting to discover the parallels in the sense of I actually had an experience with my apartment in New York City catching on fire oh. which was this massive turning point in my life. You know life we had where, a fire too. Yes and so yeah. I would love to talk about this because I was literally down to no money no place to oh. live and you know in New York City it's impossible if you're if you're not you know making yeah. tons and tons of money or you have multiple co-signers it's really challenging in New York to get a new place so this was like one of those moments where I just had to really cultivate such resilience. And so if you're open to sharing, I would love to discuss this a little bit more about how your fire demolished your entire home and your business and your inventory and kind of just sharing the resilience piece because it's so important right now, I think, as people start to rebuild their lives after this really challenging year to just understand it's possible. And um, yeah, I would love to just dive into, into that piece as well. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, it's interesting to be in this time now because sort of when it first hit and we're all kind of getting reorganized, I mean, like the whole planet, um, it was interesting because the fire, which was in 2013, totally destroyed our 
our little world, you know what I mean? Like our home, our business, like it all went down. Like it just was crazy. Um, but sort of what's happening now is it's like our little world is totally solid and it's the outer world. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. it's like, I feel like, you know, even the fire, um, deeper prepared us for this time on an emo- like on all levels including yeah. physically because um you know we were about to build our headquarters because it was you know obviously starts off as a smaller business you know we moved to the country also just because okay we're gonna have space we can have space for inventory and because we needed this was my goal even the whole time i had that store i was like i gotta get out of the city mm. so we found this beautiful place um And just before the fire, what was happening, so it happened on a Saturday night and on the Monday, we were really joyously about to break ground on our headquarters that we had been designing and saving for, for five years, you know, the architect plans, the permits, the, we had to do a special zoning on our land, all the stuff to prepare. And that was like, we were digging, we're about to go for it on Monday. And, um, you know, something else happened. And it was like everything went up. Um, but what was at least a saving grace is that we had been saving to build the, our headquarters. And so we actually had, because it's also a great moment when you find out the strength of your insurance policy, mm-hmm. which wasn't that exciting. Um, but we've <laughs> <Yeah>. been saving, <laughs> saving, you know. <laughs> and all the loopholes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's like, oh man. Um, so we had, we had this, we had a little nest egg that obviously we had to divert because we had no inventory. We had no building. We had nothing, but it was neat too because we got to see that how the business is also beyond the physical, you know, because without, we didn't have, but we had all our clients and we had the love of living libations and, you know, and it existed. It exists beyond the physical form. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, um, but really quite a moment when you're in the blaze or you're in the pile of ashes afterwards and you just think, oh my God, it look, took about 20 years to get here. <laughs> do you know, do I have to kind of go through that again in your head? You're thinking, oh God, like, you know, how far do I have to roll up my sleeves again kind of thing? Um, but you know, that's, you kind of don't stay there too long because that's kind of getting too far ahead of the picture. And so the way through such a moment, because we really just had our pajamas that were on our back. And we had the little, we had a little, we have a, two little cabins that we were luckily sleeping in. So we were safe, but they're very Zen cabins with like a bed and, you know, a couple books, not very many belongings. Um, so really the whole thing was gone. Um, but you have to kind of really go in one moment at a time, you know, mm-hmm. one step at a time and just, you got it every moment. You just try and find those little silver linings. You know, it's like I do, I generally find through my life, I've had a positive outlook and I feel like it served me very well. I feel like it's just, you know, one of, one of the, I think one of the greatest life tools is just having appreciation and having appreciation for a positive attitude um, or sense of humor. It really, really helps. And the fire chief, I remember that night, he's like a year from now. You'll be sitting on some deck, mm-hmm. hopefully your new deck, and you'll be laughing. And I'm like, yep, we will. <laughs> you yeah. know, and you just assume that. And you kind of have to assume those good thoughts 
all the way along. So I found that when this hit, it was like, um, I was thankful that our little, our little world was safe, you know, like, um, for some, you know, a lot of people are safely able to retreat to their homes during this time, but it's not, not the same for everybody. Um, so I was just happy about what had been built up and including like, you know, we decide after the fire too, we didn't build the headquarters in the same spot. We opened up another part of our land and it actually made everything better. And then of course I was like, well, you know, even because we didn't start to build the, the building until 2016 because we had to regroup and get the business functioning, get all, a, you know, find a place to work from and then resave. And, um, but luckily, you know, and then it changed my vision and it went from like an 8,000 square foot building to a 20,000 square foot building. Wow. And we were able to do like a lot of, um, even more environmental things at that time because more had grown in that area. So just the fact that we have this beautiful environment, like a environmentally award-winning building with like five air filtration systems and 20,000 square feet to make our libations. So like that served us so much for this time mm -hmm. because we definitely have the space to work like six feet apart. Yeah. And we have beautiful air quality. And, you know, so I don't know, all those sort of things. You just, you just have to kind of assume with life that you are on the path of least resistance. Yes. That somehow the fire totally served me. And while it feels like a big setback as you are in a hazmat suit sorting through the ashes of your mother that just died heirlooms you have to assume that this is the path of least resistance that things are working out that this is serving you and that even though in those moments in that hazmat suit it felt like a big setback you know having that thought of like oh god like is this going to take another 20 years mm -hmm. um but you just have to assume that it serves you and so even though it felt like a setback i feel like now in hindsight it felt like it sped things up it made things quicker um, you know, it just took care of some things on some big levels mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's just, you know, you may as well assume that life's working out for you because what else is there? Right. Cause otherwise you know? you're just stuck in the, yeah. Yeah, you're stuck in the vibration of the, of the frustration and there's nothing wrong with being there for a moment. Yeah, There's like nothing wrong with being there, no. but you can't, you can't wallow there mm -hmm. for too long. Or you won't get out. Or, I mean, you'll yeah. get out, but it might just take longer. Because <laughs> things yeah. can set in, right? Totally, totally. And you can become complacent. And sometimes the universe is like, I'm going to shake you out of this complacency. That was what it was for me. It was like, <laughs> like, it's like you're getting by in life, but you're not really, f really living life. And so for me, I needed that really massive wake-up call to just be at rock bottom, to be like, okay, what what new direction do I want to take? And And sometimes that's required right and so there is yeah, that and blessing. then and you use that moment the fulcrum of that mm -hmm. rock bottom moment to leverage the new coming mm -hmm. in and mm -hmm. i think that so that was really wise yeah and the momentum it's like okay well yeah. i can stay in the stuckness or i can choose to use this new energy of the frustration and the pain and the anger and the fear and all the things that come up to propel me. And it's an interesting concept of manifestation too, because I, I hear quite a bit that out of contrast, we actually manifest much faster and quicker in the direction of our desires when we're in the contraction. And so 
I love that. I love that that's the way that you chose to view it. And for the listeners who might be in that contraction period right now, just using it as the momentum to push yourself into the newer vision is is such a beautiful reframe in a way to look at it. So thank you so much for sharing. Life will give us these contrasting moments and the the areas where you want to feel like you're going to, you know, tighten up. Mm -hmm. It's going to keep coming and you Mm got to keep meeting it and somehow inhaling and expanding. Yes. (laughs) Every time. (laughs) time. And you know what, too? It's not a magic bullet. And it's not like you don't want to be sort of not thinking such great things and then try and like just slide on a really positive affirmation on top of it all. Right. That's not going to feel too authentic to your other parts, you know, to your brain. So, and it's just sort of thought by thought, step by step, one good feeling moment, you try and bring in another one good feeling thought, add another one to that. And then you look back and you're like, oh yeah, I am in a different spot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I love that. I wanted to pivot into this um, concept of renegade beauty because so many people right now, I think more than ever are in the struggle of self-care and I think it feels overwhelming it feels expensive. It feels like a chore. It feels like they're taking time away from their family. And I love this concept that you've created in this book because it's really, as you describe, the art of doing less and allowing the elements of life, the, the very things that have sustained us for many, many years, right? Before we were even alive to, um, to revive the body, the skin, the soul, and to bring us back to our, our highest well-being. And so I would love to talk about this concept and how you came about with writing this book and um yeah dive into into this aspect of self-care that so many people I think are are avoiding because it feels overwhelmed yeah I mean well there's so many ways in which self-care can feel overwhelming like maybe it was like not maybe it's just not fun to think about your body you know Mm -hmm. what I mean in a way that because it's like Maybe you didn't have good experiences or yeah, maybe the effort's just too much and you don't feel like, I mean, there's just so many reasons why. And then there's also just where it can be beauty can just be seen as like, well, it's just another thing that can be applied to you and, uh, or beauty is just sort of this clash against time. And then beauty goals just become, you know, adrenaline kind of fear-based and mm. you don't want to be taking your body, taking care of your body from that mental space either. You know, kind of like I'm thinking of like Lady Macbeth and it's like out damn spot. And it's like, we don't want to be thinking about like our wrinkles or our, any part of our body in that way where it's like, so there's the relationship to the body, which to me is also related to like our relationship to life mm. and our relationship to what's creating life. So before we talk about sodium or sulfate in your toothpaste it's like let's just step back and think about you know what does revive our being and for me the answer comes into connecting to to nature because it's it's just to me that's like nature with a capital n kind of thing and it's like nature is my religion in that sense but really through the cosmos which i think nature is that expression So what's the cosmos? It's that mix of elements. That's like the sun, the water, air, and, and, um, the earth. So like all the gifts from the earth. Mm -hmm. And 
to me, that's where we need to find like what's going to re revive our being, revive our cells. You know, it doesn't come from another bottle of beauty cream. So I feel like we've got to kind of expand our concept of self-care a little bit because otherwise it will just be like a to-do list, things to buy, things that will take up time. And we got so much of that going on right now. Mm -hmm. So we combine that sort of concept of like engaging with the elements, you know, taking five minutes to like sit in the sun, for example, or catching that sunrise in the morning or having that beautiful bath with salt in it or just standing with your bare feet on the earth. So first there's sort of like that simplicity, but like not just like, oh, let's get outside and connect with nature, but literally seeing the elements as like your beauty attendants almost like the elements are like those bottles of jars that we want for our beauty. You know, where you open up a jar of cream and it's like the night sky comes out. You know, we've got to use a little bit of our imagination there. Um, yeah. So like that sort of like the that space. And then on a really practical day-to-day -day level of really also knowing, okay, there are things we need to do for our body, but also like, what don't we have to do? What have we been sort of thinking we have to do and we don't? Or if I don't use that or these kind of ingredients slash chemicals, maybe there's a whole bunch of other stuff I won't have to do because it's actually, I'm managing now symptoms and side effects of the things that I was doing in the name of beauty. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like the consequence down the road is yeah. going to take time and effort and money financially, which has been my story <laughs> 100%. It's like the tens of thousands of dollars I've had to pay to clean up the toxic yeah. beauty load that I... <laughs> I'm so sorry you went through that. Yeah. I, I Thank you. And it's been, you know, and it's it's a lesson and I, and I love being vulnerable and sharing now because, you know, when you suffer from breast implant illness and you suffer from, I, I, you know, I, I've explored just how toxic the makeup was that I was putting on my skin every single day for, you know, a couple decades. It's yeah. pretty wild. And then you combine that with like, you know, the deodorant that was also mm -hmm. being applied every day. And it's a lot. It's like the average woman's applying over 200 chemicals daily in the name of beauty. And we don't know how they're mixing together. We don't know, you know, uh, different ones of well, we do find out some effects later. And it's again, all this stuff's very micro. Like when disease breast tissue was studied, 99% of the tissue had methylparabens in them. So that is something that's used in cosmetics. Now it's only ever used at a basically a zero, a point zero point zero one percent because that's all it needs to do to be an active preservative. And it's showing up in breast tissue. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's just one of the little chemicals, you know? So I it's just feel like okay. every drop counts. Mm -hmm. And I, I just don't want my body to have to compensate, you know, for something. That I'm, and, and now that we know about the microbiome, which is, you know, in our guts, it's essentially the term for the, the body of bacteria that's making our body function. So, you know, we're kind of in a, before we really thought the the secret to the whole body was like in the cells and the DNA. And now we understand that the bacteria are huge, are huge players and they're equal. It's equal to the cells. Like there's billions of bacteria, billions of cells. The bacteria are making 
things like our immune system, our endocrine system, our digestive system function. And our skin is a huge, huge part of our innate immune system. So when you're applying those petroleum-based chemicals onto the skin, I mean, we're just dis- literally disrupting the topical immune system of our bodies. Mm, that's so interesting. I'd love to hear a little bit more about the role the skin plays in the detoxification process. And then how do we know when we need a skin detox? Mm, yeah. Well, the skin and, I mean, obviously everything's connected. Mm-hmm. So it's always weird to say well, this and this is connected because it all is. But anyway, yeah. I will. The skin is inextricably bound to the functioning of the gut microbiome as well. So if there's like a lot of, let's say, constipation, for example, that's probably going to manifest that person's skin might have a lot like blackhead areas or um, digestive issues can lead to liver issues. And then when the liver's kind of stagnant because it's like the storehouse, the warehouse for all the blood in the body and all the blood is passing through the liver every day. And if the liver's getting a bit stagnant, it's not able to filter and process hormones as well. So then you could get like, especially in a PMS zone, that more congested skin, the PMS breakout. Because again, it's like, you know, everything's connected. So the skin is really showing a lot of what's going on internally sometimes. Again, it can be just a topical reaction. You can have dermal reactions that, you know, are, you know, is also going on. But often it's a story about the inside of the body. So I like to kind of step out of the way and let the bacteria be the, be the beautician. Which again, mm. it sounds gross and it probably is really gross if we look at it under a microscope and see the whole world living on our face in our eyelashes and all that kind of stuff. But it's supposed to be there. It's like the soil. I think of our, you know, our microbiomes like our soil. And so we need diversity. You know, we need the diverse types of species of, uh, of, um, bacteria. Mm-hmm. And it's the bacteria that's keeping the pathogens in check. So in our mouths, it's the beneficial bacteria that are keeping the pathogenic bacteria that cause issues in check. And, you know, same story all over the body. So we don't want to be doing things that are disrupting the body's processes of keeping us young and beautiful, so to speak. We need to not have a hand in that. Mm, I love that. And that's kind of not the way that I think... The whole most of us yeah, yeah the, the beauty system has been working since the 40s you know <laughs> absolutely not <laughs> um and then how do we know if we need you know we need to detox is that something just that you recommend doing on a daily basis just as a as a protocol for healthy healing or what's yeah what's- i mean i feel like it's a general i mean kind of on one level mm-hmm. living in 20 at this day and age there's lots of little areas that we might have to kind of have a moment of detoxing for our body. But I, I generally like to do kind of things. I don't like to have these big moments of things. You know what I mean? Like if I fast, I like to do intermittent fasting rather than try and do like a whole four day fast. Um, so I kind of just build fasting into my pretty much my daily life. Mm-hmm. And so also if you're using good skincare and stuff like that, you know, that or you're switching over, sometimes there can be a detox period. And there are ways, you know, you can do some cleansing with the hair 
um, when switching over with like clay, baking soda, apple cider vinegar, you know, because there is um, now that we're also studying the microbiome, they've tested and they can they've tested with a special photography where they've asked people to put on products and then see, you know, not shower them off and still see how they are like five days later, a week later. And most modern toiletries, most modern skincare is totally showing residue on bodies five, seven days later. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so, yeah, there is like, and what they also know now from studying the microbiome, for example, is that with all the surfactants that we're using, because mm -hmm. we don't need surfactants to like clean our face. We don't need soap to clean our face. I use oil. Um, and that's how they cleanse the skin for thousands of years. Mm -hmm. And so with, with surfactants, even if you think it's like a mild foaming cleanser from the health food store, the surfactants we now know are leaving microscopic splinters in the stratum corneum, which is the top layer of the top layer of the skin. And there, those sort of um, surfactant splinters are staying in the skin. They don't get rinsed off and it's just building up microscopically over time leading to some things like eczema or melasma or just some dry scaly patches on the skin and that kind of thing. So there's a whole hidden world going on there. Mm -hmm. And that mm -hmm. jar of like 20 ingredients that you can't read is literally just not, you know, yeah. not helping. Not helping. I know. And I would, it's expensive. It, and it's it, yeah, just BS. It's expensive and it's, and it's, again, as you know, as we pointed out earlier, it's just important to recognize what is your what is your short-term goal and what is your end goal? And most often it's our short-term goal that is preventing the long-term goal. So it's like we want these immediate results to look good today, but then it's preventing our long-term goal, which I would assume if you're here and you're listening, it's to be healthy and well and to sustain our health and well-being for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And so it's almost like you know, these quick fixes, these instant moments of gratification where all of a sudden we wake up and we might look a certain way is actually going against the very thing that we're trying to sustain. Exactly, exactly. Um, and that being said too, though, I mean, depending on what kind of quick fix you're looking for, yeah, I think we've got so many beautiful sort of semi-quick fixes that will lead mm -hmm. to, you know what I mean? Or like there's definitely a lot of things that can give pretty immediate results um, you know, and then doing yes. with some good long-term outlooks mm -hmm. as well. Yes. If they're in your line, I feel a hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, like we have people that like can turn around, like you bleeding gums. I, I, for some, it might take longer, but like within yep. 24 hours, it's yeah. done. Yep. I feel that way with essential oils as well. Like migraine. Mm -hmm instant goes away once I just put a little bit of essential oils on my temples and breathe it in and do some deep breathing and, you know, connect to what's showing up and why it's manifesting. Like in those moments, I can, I can shift out of a headache or a pretty bad migraine pretty quickly. So absolutely we can use the, the elements of nature to really support us, support us quickly in terms of those, you know, if yeah, no. especially in those really easy, like not that having a migraine is easy, but I meant you're not at a life changing, you're not at a life threatening mm -hmm. moment. It's mm -hmm. a thing that can be dealt with. It doesn't need the hospital, you know, and, and I feel like there's so many things like that that come up with the body that we don't have to suffer through, you know, that we can take care of 
And that's just good to know. It's just nice to know. I feel like even, you know, if you have a family too, it's just good to know there are some simple remedies um, that can help a lot of different things from skin to teeth to like cuts and bites and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, w- I would love to get your take on deodorant and what we could be using for that. Because <laughs> that's one of the things I have yet to. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Well, it was one of the last areas for me too. Like I think it wasn't until like I was one year into the store where I was still like, what are we going to do for the deodorant? And back yep. at 20, you know, 23 years old. Um, and then I was doing, uh, you know, other side thing on sandalwood. And I was looking at the biochemical components of it, and it has like a phytohormone called androsterone. Like it's mimics, like it's a phyto version of our androsterone, which is like very much associated with armpits, whether it's men or women. And there was just a real resonance there. And then that's after that's when I started making the poetic pits, which are is our line of essential oil. It's like basically sandalwood-based deodorants, and been making those for a few decades. And people. It just transforms people's life because it really works like really well. Mm-hmm. Like even like from, you know, like even large men, I don't know why you think they need more deodorant, but you know what I mean? Like I've yeah. had 200 pound men just like take hot yoga classes and then they get followed out of the classroom and are like, Oh my God, why, how do you smell so good after an hour of yoga? So it's like, it's kind of like the Pied Piper of deodorant. <laughs> and, um, yeah, men and women get stopped. And it, and if you heat up, more beautiful aroma comes out of you because it kind oh, of I like is like a transmitter. And then we also newer about when did we start making them three or four years ago, we've making underarm charm, which is our cream deodorants. And. So yeah, you're good to go with the product pits with the underarm Oh my charms. gosh, I can't wait. My, if, my husband's going to be so happy. <laughs> oh, we have so many good ones for men. I are, stopped wearing deodorant completely and he's probably like, what is going on? And you're fine. It lasts for like, uh, obviously if you're showering and you're washing your pits, then, mm-hmm. you know, it'll go away. But if you don't shower every day, you're, you're mm-hmm. sweet smelling mm-hmm. for like a couple days in a row. Amazing stuff for men, beautiful options for women. What it does is it takes that body signature mm-hmm. of your pheromones and then adds the essential oils in and then your own aroma becomes good. Mm. <laughs> you know, so it takes it, so it doesn't mask you out. It doesn't cover up your pheromones. It adds to it and then you become like a bouquet and it's really rocking. That's so cool. I, yeah. And I would love for the listeners to hear just the problems with. Because I like yeah. to give people tips that aren't based on uh, my creations because like, mm-hmm. you know, not everybody has access. So if you don't, sunning your pits is great. Um, uh, just doing a little dash of baking soda, like a little, you could even get like kind of a, a, you know, those shaving brushes or like a little powder puff and put that, you know, then you can puff that the baking soda on that way. Also, our beautiful deodorant bottles on the roller falls a few years ago, instead of using plastic, we changed them all to uh, crystals. So we have the rose quartz crystal in there. Wow. So that's fun. But yeah, that's so amazing. deodorants, I mean, the, one of the, the, there's a whole mix of chemicals which aren't good, but the main chemical is the aluminum. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, a daily dose I mean, it's not a lot of aluminum, which is what they'll say, which is true. It's not a lot, but a daily dose in your armpit, which is like 
basically like a straw <laughs> into your body. It's so mm-hmm. such an absorption er- absorptive area. And women shaving their pits and then applying the deodorant. So you've got really even more of a direct route. Mm, I didn't and, think about that. That's so interesting. And, I think about that with eyes, right? Like under yeah. the eyes, even those those places on our bodies too. Mm-hmm. They're just so delicate and it's going right into your brain. Yeah, like in the vagina, mm-hmm. really like, right? The mm-hmm. tampons and the chemicals mm-hmm. in the cotton is the most pesticide-laden plant on the planet and the fabric is laden with pesticides and that and then of course it's bleached and all and dioxins a whole bunch of other chemicals and then we're putting that in the apex of the female body where the epithelium the skin there is the epithelium it's only one cell thick and that is like full-on straw of toxins into the body wow and it's so interesting because and the thing i want to point out which is you know, can be terrifying to hear at first because I know how it was when I got reintroduced to this world. It's it's like everything we're using, right? It's yeah, body lotion, shampoo, conditioner, deodorant, nail polish, makeup, mascara. You know, it's 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 really everything, including the over counter medications that we use and we pop just very quickly mm-hmm. um, when we have problems, and so. It's really, for me, it's been this investigative journey of just yes. recognizing it and not being, not being mad or angry at the companies that have produced these, these products that, you know, aren't serving us, but just saying, okay, well, now that I'm aware, you know, as I start to clean out my cabinets, what's the newest product that I can put in there that will replace this in a clean, in a clean way? Mm-hmm. Um, instead of going on a complete rehaul and freaking myself out and going down the rabbit hole, which yeah, and you might find you need less products too. Yeah, like you know, um, we tr- we've tried it, made we've made everything I think for the body, and then if something comes up, we're like, oh yeah, like we even have you know, like yoni serums, mm. got the dental drops, because I really because also like sometimes I would make things and just be like a limited edition, but I feel like once people discover libations, they're like, um. I can't use somebody else's shaving cream, you know? So we really like to take care of it all. But it really is an area too where we, we, you know, maybe you can't move. So maybe you're in an area where the air quality isn't that great mm-hmm. and you can't move because that's a big thing. But you can, we can be empowered in like what we're putting on in and in and around our body, you know, in our own homes. And so yep. that's a great place to start. Yes. And it's a great place to... For me, it was like, okay, well, I'm going to clean up all of this and then I'm going to get retested in six months and then I'm going to get retested again. And so if you do have access to a functional or integrative doctor, you know, I just encourage you to check your toxin levels and really, really start to dive deep into the testing side of it, but then also the cleanup side, because it's so incredible to see how your results can shift very quickly. Like yeah. Said, so were you discovering things on your toxic levels? And yeah, it was my, probably very encouraging. My heavy metals were off the charts. Like it was so, ter- it was actually terrifying to me when I started Aww. doing um, the challenge. And I was like, it, it's just it's so incredible to me that we, <laughs> yeah, we're living <laughs> in a time where we're, we're constantly having to, you know, <laughs> protect ourselves. And I, I step into the gratitude for that where I'm like, well, now that I'm aware I have the ability to, like you said, do what we can to help ourselves really, really take care of, of what we can from a well-being perspective. 
Mm -hmm. Um, And I love how you talk about how we actually need less and we don't need as many products. Um, And so, you know, as you start to clean out, clean out your home and all your cabinets and the things that... (laughs) Yeah, like on one level, like, of course, there's living libations to replace everything. But I like really, truly, if you if you were on such a budget and you really wanted to go simple, you could get an aloe vera plant, a bottle of beautiful real olive oil or jojoba and like some baking soda and sea salt. And mm-hmm. there's so much you could take care of with your body for like years with those, just like a big mm-hmm. bag and a bottle of those things, like seriously. And you'd be far better off than going, buying things from the drugstore or like the $500 eye cream. You would be far better off just using olive oil. Wow. Yeah. For real. I, and like, it would be a good yeah. thing. You know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's so interesting. I just bought two bottles of olive oil. <laughs> so I'm, I'm excited about that. And I have tons and tons of olive oil. So Great. Yeah. And then internally, it's such a beautiful oil as well. And if, mm-hmm. yeah, even like for sunning, just slather on olive oil before you go out. Mm, I love that. And I would love to dive in. What I love about your work too is how you talk about this idea that when we go into nature, and we're connected to these elements, the, the sun, the earth. Um, we're actually increasing our intuition and connecting deeper to our own truths and cultivating deeper self-love. And so a lot of people ask me about this and they, they're like, Oh, it's so hard with the comparison mindset of social media. And, you know, I'm constantly roped in and there's the jealousy and all these different factors. I would love to just touch on this briefly because I'm, recently recognizing the importance of disconnecting and how that just fuels my soul and really reminds me of the self-love that has always existed within me. And it's just getting back into, into nature. So I'd love your, your take and your views on that. Yeah. What, one reason why I love, well, we all in nature, what's not to love, Um, but Mm -hmm. like to me too, it's like such an easy way to connect with myself. Because like, it's kind of a reminder of like what we all come from. Mm. And so for me to engage with the elements or to engage with nature, I just feel like it's like a very immediate connection to myself, which might come easier to like walking through the forest might be easier to connect with self than like sitting and trying to meditate, even though that could do it too. Do you know what I mean? So to me, it's like that it's an easy way in Mm -mm. and, um, it's so important like to do something every day where, you know, again, maybe it is meditating or a meditative movement, you know, or dancing or something that I, and I wouldn't even, I say dancing as a, like not, not exercise, not yoga. So, cause that can, or not, I don't mean yoga per se, but just any kind of sort of more regimented, like now I'm exercising because that can also bring up a lot of thoughts, right? That sort of, a, it could be very goal driven. Yep. And that's not what we're going for here. (laughs) You kind of want to get into that mindset. There's like, uh, you know, sort of like nothing to be, nothing to have, nothing to do. Like, however that is for you, Mm. we need those pockets in our day. So however you can find that and we can't, you know, you think you can survive without them, but you really can't. So if that's a bath, watching the sunrise, going for a walk, meditating, it's very helpful because we do need to step out of the river of our thoughts we need to see the river of our thoughts and we definitely need to lose um the comparative mindset because 
that I think is one of our greatest issues, especially now that we're in 2021 and social media is glaring us right in the face <laughs> with all the comparative insecurities that we're, you know, all bringing everything up to the surface mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on steroids. <laughs> yes. hundred percent on steroids. And with the algorithm and the way that it's programmed, it's, it's you know, oh yeah, right. It becoming be. an addictive obsession experience. And I've even had to notice myself of I don't um, think it's becoming addictive. I think we're there. Well, we're there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> For some of us, it's becoming addictive. And I've noticed in myself the addictive tendency to go there when I want to avoid a certain emotion or I want to um, to actually get the hit of the emotion that I'm experiencing. Like if I'm sad or lonely, it's like I go there for the validation of the feeling. And so I've been working a lot with that. And what's interesting about what you said about you know, not having anywhere we have to be or anywhere we have to go or anything we have to check off our to-do list. I also found with my meditations that it was like part of my to-do list and a lot of my self-care became part of that. And so I would feel guilty at the end of the day if I didn't accomplish those to-do lists. And so I love that you're referencing this, you know, being in the being without it being the accomplishment that fuels the ego, right? It's like we have to go back into ourselves and say, oh my gosh, I'm just doing this for my aliveness, not, not not to hit my goals today so I can personally feel good about myself. And I noticed that with my meditations. And so I had to kind of like reel it back and, and, and remind myself I'm doing this for me, not, not so that I can, I can feel good from and from a place of accomplishment. Yeah, it's about feeling good on an even bigger level. Mm -hmm. And somehow we think the accomplishment is like, it's kind of like that quick fix thing too. We think that's what we need, but we don't. We need to feel good now. We don't want to feel good. Like we don't want to keep giving those carrots to ourselves, especially the beauty carrots, like the dangling in front of us or the, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm-hmm. So we've got to bring it into now. And I thought I would just share, because I found um, that I have a little passage on comparison in my book. Oh, I would love, would love it. Okay, so here we go. When we compare, the world seems unfair. Comparing ourselves to ourselves causes us to condemn parts of our actions and appearance. We compare ourselves to the more of friends and to images and movies and magazines, constantly measuring ourselves against someone or something Caught in a daily dialogue of inner conflict, comparison creates a rift that erodes confidence and breeds fear. Attempting to discover who we are through this divided thinking leads us to perceive ourselves through a fragmented reality. This inner schism between what is and what should be is a siphon that drains away our vital energy. Engaging Mm. with life without the lens of comparison creates vast clarity as the mind is immersed in life's totality. In this sense, beauty is when you are not. When we get out of the way, we observe without processing the perceptions of self-identification and without the clutter of comparison. Mm, I love that. And I love that the beauty is when you are not. (laughs) I love that part. (gasps) That's so beautiful. Thank you. I was just seeing that as a staple to like put on my desk <laughs> and just keep coming back to that remembrance right it's, it's yeah it's like you know when we're looking for external motivation and we're in the comparison it's never going to actually get us to where we want to be it's it's like there might be that short term sort of push but it's mm-hmm. it's never really going to fulfill us because it's not our path 
And yeah, it's a push that has yeah. also comes with it is is the opposite, which is a drain. Mm-hmm. It'll mm-hmm. come eventually. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And it, and then sometimes we end up at the end of the journey or where we think we want it to be and then we're like, or where the other people are that we compared ourselves to. And then we're like, do I even want to be here? Like, is this, yes, is yes. this for me? Is this in alignment with my highest self? And I love just the reference to getting back into nature to be in that remembrance of what is our truth and what is important for us. So Thank you so much for being here today. I'm so grateful to you. And I just, this is so fun. I loved this conversation. It was so fun meeting you today, Sarah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I would love for the listeners to just get, um, get a little bit more info on where they can find you. Of course, it will be in the show notes. Um, but just so that they can grab your books and, you know, get your products. Can you just let them know where the best places are to also connect with you? Oh, for sure. So yeah, our main website is livinglibations.com and everything's there, including like a lot of articles. Um, and also you can email us any of your beauty, health, dental questions anytime. And we also do free half hour consultations. So that's been wonderful. And we have so much fun. There'll be like whole families calling in or like girlfriends do like date nights, you know, like a little self care and they'll call, call joy for the consult. It's just really neat what's coming out of that, especially during quarantine. Mm, it's so fun. And um, yeah, it's so fun. And then uh, Instagram, we've got Nadine Artemis official, Living Libations official, and my books are where, where they're all sold, including there's also Audible versions on, on Audible. Amazing. Amazing, amazing. Thank you so much. I'm excited for um, the listeners to get your products. I absolutely love them. I see them everywhere, <laughs> everywhere I go, <laughs> which is incredible. Um, yes. And I'm excited for them to dive into your books as well. So thank you so much for being here again. I'm so grateful. Ah, uh, what a beautiful, eye-opening and powerful conversation. Thank you for joining us. I trust that you enjoyed our discussion and are really ready to embrace nature as a place of healing and rejuvenation. Just as Nadine shared, beauty comes from within, and we get to also harness the power of the natural world and natural beauty products in our daily routine to find our happiest, healthiest selves and connect deeper with our own truths. Again, beauty is an inside-out job, and I love how she explained that it doesn't have to be hard or something that you add to your to-do list, but instead, just a way of life which could include incorporating quality sleep, healthy foods, movement, healing products from nature, and spending more time in nature. And so I encourage you to spend some time today considering your relationship to beauty. Simply journal on the question, what is my relationship to beauty? Think about how while you were growing up, what did you learn from your parents, cultural conditioning, media conditioning, societal conditioning, that has impacted your relationship to beauty or your relationship to feeling beautiful. Then schedule time to get out into nature and re-engage with your natural environment. Notice how you feel internally and how you relate to beauty after this journal prompt and then once you go into nature to reconnect with yourself. If you feel inclined, also sit with yourself in nature and meditate on this question. What is my relationship to beauty? And what did I learn growing up? And what do I want my new relationship to beauty to be? 
Now, before you go, maybe you're struggling to tune out others' opinions and honor your inner guidance. Maybe you need a community that supports you on that journey. If this resonates with you, I invite you to join the Awesome Inside Out Facebook group. It is a private, safe space filled with beautiful hearts coming together to encourage and uplift one another. And for everyone who is already part of that group, thank you so much for helping us build such a beautiful community together. If you enjoyed today's conversation, I recommend listening to one of my recent episodes with Emily Fletcher on how you can step in to your highest, most aligned self through meditation. And so drop me a message on Instagram as well if you've been listening to these podcasts and let me know what's been resonating. What do you want to hear more about? How can I support you in becoming happier and healthier? And of course, I want to celebrate you. So share with me your wins so I can share with my audience as well. You can find me on the gram at Sarah Ann Stewart. And until next week, I'm sending you so much love, a massive virtual hug. And I trust that through connecting to yourself in nature, you'll begin to recognize the stories you're holding about beauty. You'll be able to let the ones go that aren't serving you. And you'll be able to choose new empowering stories to replace those stories with to live a more aligned, happy, healthy life. All right, that concludes this podcast. It is my honor to always share with you. But hang tight because I have one last thought. You are here right now because you are ready. Because while many of us share the feeling of wanting more, not everyone is willing to do what it takes to get it. But you are here, you are ready. So this is your opportunity now to take what you just learned and implement it. Make a pact with yourself to put just one thing into action. Just one. Write it down, do it, and share it with me. And if you benefit from it, it would mean the world to me if you could please spread this movement and share it with one person who you know would also benefit. We are all in this together, so thank you for being here and part of this movement.